0: Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have an interesting show for you today. We'll be talking about cybersecurity with Jody Hegeman, Senior Director of Sales Engineering for Comcast Business. Happy to have you here on Business Talk, Jody.
1: Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. So yes, good morning, everyone.
0: <laughs> um, before we launch into the main topic today, which I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in chatting with you about, uh, tell me a little bit about your role with Comcast Business.
1: Sure. So I've been in telecom for twenty-six years now. Um, I've been with Comcast business for eight. I originally started as the SD WAN product manager. My history is in virtual private networks. That's all that I've worked on in my twenty-six years. And so now I'm leading sales engineering for the Northeast um, here at Comcast.
0: What does sales engineering mean?
1: So, sales engineering is a much bigger, uh, you know, spectrum than I had ever thought. It's really the intersection of working with product, marketing, sales, customers, customer experience, and designing networks for customers for today, tomorrow, and the future. Um, and it's it's a partnership amongst you know many different you know parties at the company. But again. To meet with customers, understand their business needs, their business challenges, and design a network for for them that works. Like I said, for today and tomorrow.
0: Interesting stuff. Um, we had uh, we had done some um, some editorial content recently in Business West on cybersecurity, which which. Um, uh, your company had been a um, uh, contributor to, and I kind of wanted to expand on some of that today um, for our listeners. So from your perspective, um, what's involved in cybersecurity today when we talk about that term, and, and why is it so important?
1: So it is kind of amazing. Twentieth, This is the 20th anniversary of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So like I said, wow. I think about how I've been in the business for 26 years, and 20 of those years we've been focused as an industry on cybersecurity. So Cybersecurity at its core is the practice of, you know, protecting systems, networks, programs from digital attacks against ransomware, malware, and then other types of data breaches.
0: It's, um, you know, you, you hear the term a lot in the news these days. It seems to be so prevalent on people's minds. Um, can you share a little bit about what the, the current cyber threat landscape is from like a business perspective?
1: So the threat landscape, so Comcast Business, of course, takes cybersecurity very seriously. Um, In 2022, 2023, we published a report um, looking at the cyber attacks on our own network. And so just to put a number on it, um, we detected close to 24 billion attempted cyber attacks just on the Comcast network in 2022. So those events, they span 500 different threat types. Um, and 900 distinct infrastructure and software vulnerabilities. So this is huge. And so even though, you know, attackers' tools have evolved, their tactics really, though, are the same. The foundation is they use emotional manipulation. They use social engineering. And so for our listeners, if you've ever heard the term, I feel like we've been throwing around the term social engineering a lot. That really just means you're talking to a target in an attempt to reveal confidential information and you're doing it in an emotionally manipulative way. And so I think we're all affected by that, both, you know, personally and professionally, cell phones, all of our assets that we're being contacted, text messages, emails, um, all of that social engineering really permeates our entire life.
0: I want to, um, kind of the second half of our conversation, I was planning on getting into a little bit of the social engineering aspect um, in, more, in more detail because I find that really interesting. Um, but in a, in a broad sense, um, what makes a business an attractive target for a cyber criminal? And are there certain types of businesses that are especially vulnerable?
1: So what we've seen is it's really everyone is vulnerable. Um, you know, a customers that we've seen, healthcare, manufacturing, uh, retail, there is no, you know, bad actors are capitalizing on every aspect of every industry. And so that's why we've been so prolific in sharing our information about how, um, you know, most of our our customers, you know, our networks have been attacked, but it really, yes, it does not discriminate for sure. Um, Like I said, you know, we focus financial, healthcare, retail, um, manufacturing, those are top of mind. um, When I think of, you know, customers that we've been talking to that have Actively and continuously been attacked.
0: You know, uh, people hear in the news when there's a, a major uh, breach of a of a major company that um, you know exposes millions of um, individuals' um, data. But in the past, when I've when I've um, written stories about cybersecurity, there's always the question comes up that you know people hear that and they don't think a small business is vulnerable. Like, why would they want to go after me? They're going to go after the you know the targets of the world or 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 whoever else it might be. So, um, do you feel like that's still a prevalent attitude, or do you feel like businesses are becoming a little more educated that they are vulnerable no matter their size?
1: It's a great question because, yes, and and I know uh, when uh, the last five years that we've been heavily discussing cybersecurity with customers, yes, we had customers, I would say, five years ago that they had three locations and they would tell us, no, we're good. Why would anybody come after us? And then we were getting reports that, you know, they were being hit with a ransomware attack. We're, so, for example, for, say, $30,000, but $30,000 to a small business can put them right out of business for, you know, a three site mm. location. So we are seeing customers definitely, I would say, in the last 24 months, they're coming to us, unfortunately, in a very reactive way. They've already been, you know, hit with a cyber attack, and now they're realizing, um, you know, we need protection. We didn't think we needed it, now we do. So yes, I think in the last definitely twelve months, the tide is really turning, and we're starting to see customers being more proactive and sitting with us to go through a strategy that says, you know, we realize the following points. So you bring up a good point. When we sit down with customers, we go through. There's basically six main talking points. And so we talk about what is it you know what do we have to do to protect your data, what do we have to do to comply with your industry standards, you know then how are you building customer trust right? Think about all of us we use and so a great example I use with customers is credit card um, transactions. Don't you want to know we're all using credit card transactions? We want to know that you are PCI payment um, you know compliant um, when it takes my credit card transaction. So. Building customers' trust and knowing that we can exchange information in a trustworthy way is critical. And so, to your point, I think customers are really realizing that where it hits their pocketbook, um, if they cannot, you know, they've been breached and now they can't accept uh, credit card pa- you know, payment that that affects their bottom line on a you know hourly basis. And so, um, you make it real for customers when you talk about you know financial impact and so business continuity. Right. How about identifying, you know, the average time it takes to detect a breach, contain the breach. Um, our reports are saying on average um, customers, it takes them up to 277 days to realize they've even been breached. So, wow. um, you know, so this is just, yeah, it's an ongoing Um, And then, right, the next conversation, you know, cybersecurity insurance, that's really on the rise. Those conversations about, um, you know, do I need insurance? How much do I need? And what do I need to prove to insurance companies uh, before they'll even give me the coverage? So that has been a hot topic. And then wrapping this all up is that customers want visibility into their network-based attacks they want visibility into risky behaviors and they're asking for service providers to give them that level of detail through a portal um, or other means
0: you're listening to business talk a podcast presented by business west and sponsored by people's bank we're talking today about cybersecurity with jody hegeman senior director of sales engineering for comcast business Um, You know, there's there's different types of of, uh, cyber attacks. One term I've heard a lot is distributed denial of service or DDoS. What is a DDoS attack for those in our audience who might not understand that?
1: So a DDoS attack, yes, distributed denial of service. So it's a cyber crime in which the attacker floods a server with Internet traffic and it prevents users from accessing the connected online services and sites. So obviously destructive. It takes down the connectivity. Um, And so when we look at, again, I think for our listeners, they want to know, you know, what's what's the patterns we've seen in in DDoS? Um, 25% of, you know, DDoS attempts we see against the IT and technical service customers that we have. But The rest, you know, education, 46%, finance is 14%, and healthcare is 13%. So those are the most targeted industry segments that suffer from DDoS attack. And so um, in the education space, you'd be surprised. We have a lot of schools. Um, Children do have the ability to go out, you know, and others can go out to the dark web and for very, you know, cheaply, they can buy, um, you know, denial of service attacks. Um, They can buy, uh you know for 15 20 they can launch an attack against their school if they don't want to take a test um <laughs> it's pretty yeah we've seen some pretty fascinating use to, you know so that's where you know education comes into play um when i see that statistic is that you know there are kids they you know they don't want to take their test they can easily launch a ddos attack so these are the realities
0: how does a company prevent something like that from happening
1: so there are services, you know, so mitigating DDoS attacks, it's it's really a multifaceted approach. I had just talked about um, that, you know, six point strategy that we work with customers about, you know, making sure they protect, build, maintain um, and avoid costs and increase their visibility. But you buy services, you buy services from service providers like ourselves, um, you know, which. So what happens? So here's what we actually do. So. Um, you ensure that the malicious traffic is blocked at the entry point to the network. So that's when that you realize a DDoS attack is happening. You proactively realize that. And again, that's using software and services from a service provider. Um, and so when the attack gets past the business's line of defense, our services will take that network traffic and we're going to drop it off at a scrubbing center to be scrubbed out of the customer's connection And then the final step is the customer gets, you know, delivery of clean, legitimate traffic um, to their network. And so this is all something that's done proactively behind the scenes. You have visibility into a portal that says you'll get an email, you'll get a text message. Your site is being under attack. Don't worry about it. We got it. Um, And so within, you know, five to 10 minutes, we're going to detect that traffic. We're going to send it. We're going to send the malicious traffic off. Um, and then we're going to deliver you back clean traffic. So that is common practice in the industry. That's how um, folks deal with
0: DDoS attacks. Are there other um, common methods that cyber criminals use that are worth mentioning today?
1: Um, well, definitely, you know, think about users, right? So it, it's users that are infiltrated. It's, it really goes back to the human element, right? What mm. what? does what, How are companies vulnerable to cyber attackers? And it is really... The human element: humans click on phishing links. You know, humans engage in software downloads that you know uh, it, it, that bring about malware attacks. We had a customer that was telling us that they um, downloaded a font that they wanted to use on their uh, presentation, and that introduced malware into their entire network. So. It's you know, but the, so the human factor, training, you know. So it's always a, a combination of people, process, and technology. When you address all three areas, and you say, how can we educate our folks to not click these links, to not engage um, with malicious emails, um, and and you know, potential downloads, you put a process in place that protects users, um, you know, from um, from harming themselves, har- you know, harming the network and then you wrap it with technology. And so various technologies, like we said 20 years ago, a firewall, a managed firewall was enough. Now it's no longer enough. You need other services um, like we just talked about DDoS, we talked about um, you know, up and coming, endpoint detection and response an EDR service. That is your next generation of um, antivirus software. We're all familiar with antivirus software. That's not enough. We had to um, evolve that. So endpoint detection and, and response, managed detection and response. These are the types of products that you need to sit down with a technology partner and go through and say, these are what my vulnerabilities are. Um, secure remote access. We are all working from anywhere. And that is a huge entry point for attackers because they realize. We've got many different devices, many different services, um, and we are all located outside of the traditional brick and mortar, um, you know, uh, offices and branch offices. And it's, you know, working from anywhere has made us, you know, extremely vulnerable.
0: Sure has. I, um, I've i heard from um, uh, insurance companies in, in, in recent uh, months uh, that, uh, you know, insurance carriers, they're not in the business of losing money and they're starting to not, cover businesses unless they not only have the right technology, but yep. they've actually done the training you've talked about, the, the human mm-hmm. element to kind of stop the social engineering aspect of it, which is really interesting.
1: Yes, we had seen a few copies. So, of course, I've seen a few copies of cybersecurity insurance, and I would say, say, t- you know, 24 months ago, it would be a two-page document. How much coverage do you want? One million. It was just a, a front and back. Now our customers are bringing us these cybersecurity and policies that say, you have to have EDR services in place and show evidence that you have put this on your desktops and laptops before we're even going to cover you. Um, Yes. I think, like you said, insurance companies not in the business of losing money (laughs) Um, and they've been very, the now I see a stack of papers coming from customers saying, how can your products and services help me satisfy the requirements for a cybersecurity policy? So yeah, it's really fascinating
0: you know we we've, we've been talking about this combination of having the right technology and basic common sense with all that in mind is is there one like number one thing that makes companies vulnerable to cyber attacks or is it kind of a, a combination of all of that
1: and that's like yeah what we've been talking about that you know the proliferation of remote work you know devices connected to the internet outside the office outside a primary place of business and so that just gives attackers more points of entry and it just creates more complex layers um, in the cybersecurity mix, for us to mitigate,
0: are there any other aspects of uh, of, of cybersecurity from your perspective that uh, are worth uh, mentioning?
1: Um, so, at the same time, I think so. A big thing—it's one thing, like I said, I was talking about people, process, and technology. Um, but wrapping around that is managed services, right? So it is—it's re- the realization that in today's world, IT um shops are you know decreasing IT resources uh, you know are decreasing at companies and so most companies are coming us to saying not only are we asking you to help educate our end users deploy new technology but we're asking you to manage it for us and mm-hmm. what does that really you know what does that all entail and so security as you know as you as we've discussed here it's a 24 by 7 job you want to talk to customers about I don't care if you're a small customer, big customer, um, you know, in in terms of size and revenue. Um, I want eyes on glass on my network. I want a security operations center looking at my network, looking at my end users 24 by 7. I want them, I want security analysts sitting at their desk. And when they see a breach of my network, I want them to take the device off the network, scrub it and then bring a clean device back onto the network. And so those are the types of requirements we're seeing in this day and age is that 24 by 7 uh, managed services support.
0: We're almost out of time. Um, besides the, um, um, the the services that you've already talked about um, and the way you uh... – help uh, businesses protect themselves. Um, What other um, services does Comcast Business offer? And kind of toot your own horn horn a little little bit here.
1: Sure. So, yeah, so Comcast Business has a wide variety of services. We really, of course, the, the origins of Comcast Business specialize in connectivity. So that's broadband connectivity, Ethernet connectivity. We have the best last mile in the country, heavily built out with fiber. And so in order to, you know, meet our customers where they're at, we talked about the networks of today and tomorrow. Um, we've layered on, we actually, we, we just did a tally, 54 products um, that we uh, support customers with. And those are voice products, connectivity products, security products, which we dove into today. Um, and so, and video, you know, so video, voice, uh, connectivity, we have entire portfolios that exist under that. And so the goal is that we're able to offer each customer wherever they are. Um, we connect users to their applications securely and without compromise using all of those products and services. So it's an exciting time. We continue to grow. We, we meet cause, like I said, we meet customers and networks where they're at. Um, and we've got a great team of people that design networks um, for customers so that they, you know, they're protected today and tomorrow.
0: And that's all the time we have. I, I've really enjoyed uh, this conversation today, Jody. Uh, uh, thanks for spending a few minutes with me to talk about some really important stuff.
1: Thanks, Joe. I appreciate
0: it. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time.